You're listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Mess, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Ryan. And you're listening to Season 4 of the Iterators of the Imperium podcast. The podcast in which Ryan is the expert on Warhammer 40k, and I am the noob trying to learn about the Warhammer universe. And, uh, well, just to uh, say... I'm back. <laughs> I'm back from a short hiatus. I've been moving apartments. Uh, I should be set, uh, but there's still so many projects that I need to take care of. But I'm here, Ryan. I'm here. That's the main thing. <laughs> That's the main I thing. The important Ryan. thing is you're here with us today. And we're yes. glad to Hi. have you back. How are you doing, Ryan? I am exhausted. Me too. I think both of us are running on, like, limited uh, sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very hey. limited but the show must go on Ryan it must this is it yes. this is how it goes as a oh I can't remember what book it's from or even who says it because I'm too tired to think but there is a quote right. from one of the 40k novels that I absolutely love which is uh, thank you for attending tonight's distraction and I feel like that's a really good thing to start with here today <laughs> <laughs> It's completely unrelated to anything going on, as far as I can remember. But huh. it feels appropriate. If we it are anything for the people, it is a distraction. <laughs> also, by the way, you know, uh, you know the whole Spotify Wrapped thing that goes on. You get the little summary, like the music you listen to and stuff. You know, we get yes. one as a podcast. Yes. But, right. So we were within the top ten podcasts for over a hundred people. And we were the number one podcast for 15, which is pretty cool. We are the number one podcast for 15 people out there, which is quite cool. I'm into that. Oh, that's a humble flex, but I appreciate it. That's not bad. I can guarantee you one of them is this guy at my work who puts the podcast on to annoy his girlfriend all the time. <laughs> because she's just oh, like, no. what the hell are we listening to? But like, I guarantee you one of them is him. Because it'll be the only podcast he listens to, because he doesn't listen to podcasts. But I mean, shout out to anybody. There's 14 who, legitimate know. listeners out there, and I appreciate them. Shout out to every one of them listening. You know, everybody listening to it and in. I we appreciate it a lot. We appreciate we it a lot. Yeah. Oh, right. Gonna shotgun some uh, some energy juice, and then we'll get into this. Yes, sir. So shotgun some energy juice. It's necessary, man. Oh, oh. yeah. It's been, yeah. it's been a long week. It's been a long week. Let's get into it, Ryan. Give so, me the word. Okay. This is a bit of a weird one today, because I'm going to give you three separate words. Oh, no. Right? And the thing is, one of them should be real easy for you, and then the other two, they're all in the same kind of ballpark, right? So I feel like you might have a fair chance with these, right? So the first one is Xenos. Xenos. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, but my, my brain immediately goes to, to Dead by Daylight <laughs> because <laughs> the Xenomorph. Uh, well, there Xenos. you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. It, Wait, it refers to aliens. Oh, so it's literally just a Xenomorph. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the Latin word for alien. So anything hey, that's go. not humanity is, is Xenos. And that is why I played Dead by Daylight. It's lore accurate. <laughs> That's it. So, the other two words are Malleus 
and Hereticus. Oh, and I'm basically, I just mind. need you to tell me oh, what right. they are in reference to, rather than an actual definition. You annoy me right now because you, you know the feeling of when you're like, I've heard that before, but what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh... So Hereticus, you'll have heard before. Malleus, probably not. No, no, I've heard that before. I think oh, okay. Mentioned both. There's every chat. Oh yeah, probably, probably back in like the early seasons, I would have mentioned these three together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I'm not gonna drag it out. I'm, I'm not too sure. <laughs> I remember the, the, the names. It's names, right? It's people, right? Yeah. It's, it's titles, kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. Screw it. Let's just get into it. All I right. got the xenomorph. I'm gonna throw up this picture because it's cool. So, you'll remember, we have mentioned the Inquisition in the past. Yes. Right. So, I realized that the point of this season was getting you from, you know, where we are to talking about modern stuff. And one of the areas we had never actually mentioned was the Inquisition. So, I realized it was something we had to talk about in this season. So, I figured, why not do it now? Because I just realized I had to make an episode about it. So, I was like, screw it, that'll be fun, let's do it. <laughs> so, here we are. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. So we are going to talk about the Inquisition, or as they are referred to properly, the uh, the Holy Ordos. Ordo is the Latin word for order, as in yeah. like a, a group. You know, you yeah, get yeah, like, yeah, yeah okay, like religious orders and stuff. It's that kind of order rather than like a pattern. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they are referred to as the Holy Ordos because. These orders are, they're designed in a weird way, where basically they answer only to the emperor himself, so they are regarded as, like, the emperor's kind of, they're regarded as people that work directly for the emperor, because they're yeah. above the jurisdiction of everything else, basically, so that's why they're considered holy, because they are considered to be, like, the emperor's people. Yeah. Which is all thing. So, there are many random orders that govern loads of different parts of, like, the background of Imperial governance. And they deal with threats that are, like, you know, basically anything that can be considered a threat to the Imperium in one way or another. Ranging from, like, physical threats to, like, dangerous information. And every variety of everything in the middle. <laughs> uh, doesn't matter what it is, if it can be considered dangerous to the Imperium... There's an order for it. Alright. Alright. There are... So there's two categories. There is the Ordo Majoris and the Ordo Minoris. So major and minor Ordos. The, obviously, scale is the is the difference, really. Um, how many people are involved in that? It's pretty, pretty box standard that far. Yeah. Uh, as I said, the answer directly to the Emperor, therefore... No one else has jurisdiction over them within Imperial law. So, Space Marines, for example, cannot legally go and try to, like, put a stop to an to a Inquisitor who is not considered a heretic. As soon as an Inquisitor is considered a heretic, anyone yeah, can go try game. to lynch him. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. fair game. Ah, exactly. But until that time, he is considered above the law. So, like, the Arbites cannot go and arrest him. The Militarum cannot go and, like, you know, assail his compound or anything like that. Uh, 
right? He is considered to be, like, one step below the Emperor in, like, the yeah. order of things. <laughs> right, but wh why did you say until that time? Like, <laughs> did they just by default become heretics? <laughs> like, what? No, no, it's just that if they do become a heretic, they're instantly, like, the bottom of the barrel. You're allowed to oh, go yeah, beat them in oh, yeah, shoe if you can manage it. No, no, it's, it's, it's just the phrasing you said, like... Yeah, it made it sound it, it like sounded, it was inevitable. It's like something that happens at some point. Like, I mean, if like... they live long enough. Like, what's that saying? Uh, you either die a hero or live long oh, enough to see yourself become see the villain. Become the villain, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, maybe yes. it's a bit of that. <laughs> well... <laughs> You'll see that the kind of things that, like, the three major orders deal with, uh, those are your only options, are die or become the bad guy. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so, there are three... Uh, there are three of the major orders, right? The Ordo Majoris, right? There's only three of them. The Ordo Xenos, the Ordo Malleus, and the Ordo Hereticus. Right? Yes. Whereas there are a ton of minor orders, right? That all focus on little tiny bits of nonsense here and there. Yeah. Uh, but the major ones, obviously, the first the Ordo Hereticus aims at dealing with heresy. Its prime target are threats to the Imperium from within the Imperium. Mm. The second is the Ordo Xenos, which aims at dealing with alien threats, which are obviously threats from outside of the Imperium but still within the galaxy. And yep. the third is the Ordo Malleus, which aims at dealing with chaos and demons from the warp. In other words, things beyond our typical universe. So yeah. they're typically summed up as like the holy Ordos of the Imperium protecting the citizens from the threat within, without, and beyond. Okay. That's the kind of general summary. So hmm. the primary troop that the that these ordos would use are inquisitors these people that are given like power on behalf of the emperor so to show that they're given one of these badges it's kind of like mm -hmm. how like an fbi or a police officer and like can like whip out the little badge and be like whatever my name is fbi right yeah, and that's cia that... oh, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> right they like whip out one of these and they're like i'm gonna burn you at the stake and you're like shit <laughs> uh so the Inquisitors are the people that carry these rosettes that prove their position and their power. And depending on which of the three orders they are in, they will basically specialize in a particular type of enemy, as you would imagine. Mm -hmm. And they basically just carry the Emperor's judgment with them. So, uh, yeah, as we said, they answer directly to the Emperor. So, basically... Once you have this rosette, you need only say the word and you can kill someone. Or anything in the middle. It, they literally carry supreme power on behalf of the Emperor. Okay. Yeah. You can see why a lot of them end up turning evil. Or dying. Yeah, that, that, that power would go straight to one's head, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, like you, you must think. Some of them who become heretics must be thinking, you know. They're at the same level, maybe, sometimes, as the Emperor. Exactly. So, instant heresy. Uh, instant heresy. And, you that's know, that. I think that's a fine line between, you know, you have all this power and you might think you have too much power. And, you know? Yeah, that's that. It's dangerous. Uh, Double-sided sword. Double it is, yeah. Sword. Yes. That's it. <laughs> Top so, I'm tired. 
<laughs> As I mentioned, obviously, each order, they're inquis- the inquisitors of each individual order will specialise in that order's type of enemy. But they are not limited to that. So say you are an Ordo Xenos Inquisitor and you are hunting some rogue Eldari that are running around a planet, right? And in the process of hunting them down, you come across, like, a little chaos cult. You are still well within your rights to kill everyone involved in that cult and then continue what you were doing. <laughs> Realistically, it'd be weird if you didn't kill them because you just found out they were there, I mean, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... While that is the case, the the role that an Inquisitor actually takes varies greatly, basically depending on the situation they find themselves in. So they can be like a battlefield leader, like a general, basically. They can be a detective, or they can be like an executioner, and this can all be in one day. What What is required of them is just whatever is required in the moment, to see the Emperor's justice fulfilled. Hmm. Right? So yeah. they have to be, you know, a bit fluid, a bit malleable. They have to be able to, like, take up whatever is required at that time and just do it. Get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. So to complete that task, obviously one guy or one woman, they're going to struggle, even if they are an Inquisitor, Right. Because yeah. Inquisitors, because they carry this power, are typically incredibly well-trained and outfitted with really good gear and stuff. But even then, you will struggle against, like, an enemy army, right? So, mm. there are a couple of things. Inquisitors have the right to recruit or requisition anyone they want. So, if you're an Inquisitor and you've, like, just got the role and you're like, right, I need to go, you know, do this job, and along the way... You find, like, one last surviving member of, like, a a squad of soldiers on some backwater planet. And they're, like, an incredible stealth soldier. And that's how they survive. You can just be like, yeah, you're mine now. Team up. Like, get in here. Right? And they just, like, they are your guy from then on. You can just recruit whoever you can find, basically. Hey, you're my domain now, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So typically what this leads to is... Inquisitors, who are very unique people, uh, being surrounded by, like, a little squad of ragtag weirdos that have no business being together and all have very specialized skills. Yeah, and very little in common, but... Exactly. (laughs) Pretty much. It sounds like Marvel when they start recruiting, you know? (laughs) It kind of is, yeah. You get to build your own Avengers once you become an Inquisitor? This sounds like a weird MMORPG game, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, I like it, though. The other thing I mentioned there is that while they can recruit, they can also requisition troops. So say, for example, you are an Inquisitor and you go to some random planet following, like, you know, a lead that you had, a clue that you had, and you get there and it's just the whole planet is just coated in chaos worship. You know, like, we need to, like, wipe this off this planet, right? So you go, yeah. like, back in orbit or whatever, and you're like, all right, what's the plan here? Should I just burn the planet to the ground, or... And then a space marine, like, battleship happens by. You can just, like, send the message over going, right, you're mine now, lads, get in here. Go and kick some ass, I order you. And they have to go do it. 
That sounds so shit, by the way. <clears throat> yeah. Bro. Yeah. So, uh, so the inquisitor uh, inquisitors have the right to just claim pre-existing armies and troops of other parts of the Imperium and just put them to their task while it is necessary. Which is pretty cool, but that is one of the ways they can get an army. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, typically, there is, like, a line of secession with Inquisitors, so, like, you know, an Inquisitor who's been in power for a long time will probably have, like, a stronghold somewhere that they've, like, built or claimed from an enemy they've killed or something like that, right? And then they will gradually build a staff in this place. So they will end up building, like, their own small, well-trained, like, militia or shock troop force that they can use for, like, small-scale stuff. Mm-hmm. So typically a lot of, like, you know, powerful Inquisitors will just pass these things on to, like, their apprentice when they die. And their apprentice will become the new Inquisitor and will gain all of their resources. So you have this, like, line of succession that basically a lot of Inquisitors have an army that was built, like, you know, by, like, ten guys before them and it's just been passed along. Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but it keeps the power in the right areas for these things, basically. So there is a good reason for it. Uh, but obviously not every Inquisitor is going to have stuff like that, and they didn't have it at the start, which is why you have this right to requisition whatever troops you want. Because you can't guarantee an Inquisitor will have their own troops. So they have to be able to get them when they need them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing I should mention. The Inquisition does not have jurisdiction over the Mechanicum. The Mechanicum is technically a separate part of from the Imperium. Yeah. So the... Because the Emperor is not the Emperor of the Mechanicum, he's the Emperor of Mankind, who the Mechanicum believe is their prophet, they don't respect the power of the Inquisition. (laughs) So an Inquisitor can demand things of, like, a Magos of the Mechanicum, and the Magos can tell the Inquisitor to go and fuck himself. And there is nothing they can do about it, basically. Of course... Like with anything in 40k, the Inquisitor does have the power to force the Magos to do things with violence or threat of violence. But again, the Magos is a Magos, so he's probably 90% machine, so violence probably isn't actually much of a threat. No. So the the Mechanicum basically tells the Inquisition to go and fuck themselves pretty liberally. <laughs> Which I think is a good way to handle them. I mean, that's because you're Scottish, but... Well, that's fair. <laughs> that's how you guys handle things. Very you're not wrong. You know, you, you tell them, Ryan. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah that's fair. <clears throat> so, outside of the uh, like requisition troops or troops that have been built by individual Inquisitors... All three of the major uh, the major arms of the Inquisition have a chamber militant. So they have, like, an attached military force. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so, so there is one for each of the three, which specializes, again, in the same kind of threat that they do. 
but we'll deal with that when we, you know, get to each of the major ones, because we're going to look at them in a little bit more detail later on, but nothing too crazy. We're not going into yeah. this too heavily, we're just kind of giving you the concept here, the yeah. the general stuff, and so that we can look at it properly in the future, you know, an individual basis and stuff. Um, as you can probably imagine, because each Inquisitor is like an individual person with their own total supreme power, they're pretty like interesting and colourful characters. But they range from like total wild cards to like the most starchiest follower of the rules you have ever seen. There's something to be said for like the political side of it. Because these people carry so much power, uh, it's important what like political views they take. And there are a bunch of like different types of political views which lead to a lot of like infighting among inquisitors but that is an issue for a later date uh so just because like you are an inquisitor it doesn't mean you like all the other inquisitors so there is a lot of like inquisitor on inquisitor violence as well i could imagine i could imagine yeah a bunch of nutcases running around carrying supreme power they're gonna end up fighting each other right I mean, I would also argue that it might have to be up to something with ego. That's a huge part of it, too, yeah. They all think that they are the best thing that's ever happened. Yes. They all I mean, think they're the Emperor's you? one guy. Exactly, and why wouldn't you? Like, oh, of course not. Position? I would go mad with power immediately. This is why I'm not allowed to have power. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever tried going mad without power, it's boring. No one listens to you. <laughs> Wait, where's that from? Simpsons movie. That's from The Simpsons. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you I got that mad power. power. Of course I have. Have you tried to go mad without power? It's, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, good times. <laughs> so, as for the uh, the minor orders, right? They typically have, like, the same kind of supreme power over everything, but it's actually over, like, a much more specific area. So they ca- they typically can't go out and just, like, burn a family of five while they're eating their dinner because someone sneezed like a demon, right? <laughs> yeah. But they do have, like, an absurd amount of power, but typically in, like, more of a governmental body kind of sense it's a weird one i'll i'll kind of explain it in a bit more detail as we go through a few of them because it's a hard concept to explain without a good example uh but there's like an added role to the inquisition and that's included like the major and the minor orders and that is they're kind of like internal affairs for the police you know the police that like investigate other police officers to root out, like, corruption among the force and stuff like that. That's kind of a major role of the Inquisition, is to, like, keep an eye on everyone else to make sure no one is, like, doing evil shit they shouldn't be. Or even just not doing their job properly. So it's just a glorified supervisor. (laughs) Kind of, yeah, but they have the power to kill you, so it's, like, a supervisor that can actually make you do your job. Like, if you were just kind of, like, half-assing it one day, and your supervisor came in and blew the head off your, like, the guy sitting next to you, 
because he was looking yeah. at his phone, I reckon you'd keep working, because I would. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it's kind of like that. That's that's the idea, is that they keep... Basically, it's that, you know that, um, who watches the Watchers? Yeah. Yeah. These guys, the Inquisition watches the Watchers. <laughs> right? <laughs> they keep everyone else in line, and everyone's but, afraid of them. Ryan, who, who watched the Watchers Watchers? Uh, we will get into it a little bit, but uh, one of the major orders is uh, is responsible for looking into corruption within the orders. Okay, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I shouldn't ask. Yeah, so... Without further ado, we're gonna run through a bunch of like the minor orders and just kind of what they generally do, right? So yes. there's a few of them are pretty standard at the start here. So like the Ordo Astartes, they look after the Adeptus Astartes, so they keep an eye on the Space Marines, make sure no one's being evil there. They spend a lot of time looking at the Dark Angels, by the way. Uh, second is the Ordo Custodum. They oversee some like Terran governance. Basically, they just keep an eye on, like, the general government of Terra and anything else going on specifically on Terra that seems kind of corrupt. So if you're, like, a mid-level supervisor at, like, a shipping dock or something like that and you're, like, cheating on the paperwork, they can come in and kick your ass. Great. But also, <laughs> like, if the High Lords are doing shit, these guys can be like, ah, da, da. <laughs> So anything on Terra is basically within their purview. Uh, yeah. There is the Ordo Aegis, which oversees the Cadian or oversaw the Cadian Gate. Uh, basically, they were there to just make sure shit wasn't like going off the rails with the whole keeping everything in the Eye of Terror, which is a good thing to have, I guess. Uh, so again, if people start like you know, if troops start being lazy, or if like one area starts to fall and no one notices and reinforces it, these guys can like you know push the system along a bit to get everything backed up, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, there's the Ordo Sanctorum. They oversee the Ecclesiarchy for good reason, because the Ecclesiarchy are corrupt as hell. <laughs> uh, as I'm sure you remember, the Ecclesiarchy is the church that worships yeah. the emperor. Yeah. Uh, there is the Ordo Sicarius. They oversee the Assassinorum because... There was a lot of shady stuff went on with assassins after the whole Gauge Van Dyer's reign of bloody terror. Uh, I don't know if you remember from when we covered that in like season two. Yeah. It might have been season one actually. But uh, after Gauge Van Dyer tried to like coup the Emperor, uh, there was a bunch of like assassination attempts on the High Lords of Terra and stuff. Because the guy that ran the assassins had just went crazy with power. Yeah, I just remember the Ghost Mandari, that was like, that's for the past. Yeah, well that's why we have the Ordo Sanctorum to keep an eye on the Ecclesiarchy, so we don't get another Ghost Mandari. <laughs> like, he is the whole reason that one exists, because he is a nutcase. Yeah! Uh, so yeah, right after that happened with him, the, the High Lord of the Assassins... Uh, kind of went on a power trip and kept assassinating important people and it really mm -hmm. fucked up the Imperium for a while because no one was in charge for more than five minutes. 
So uh, the Ordo Sanctorum is there to like keep an eye on him, basically, and the assassins. Make yeah. sure the people they're killing are like supposed to get killed and stuff. Uh, <laughs> there is the Ordo Necros, which is one of the funnier ones because we don't know what they do, but it's just five Inquisitors that make up this entire order. And the reason it is one of the funnier ones is because there is the Ordo Vigilus, and all they do is oversee the Ordo Necros, which again is five guys, and we don't know what they do. But they're, those five guys are doing something <laughs> so shady that they need a whole other bigger order to keep an eye on them. So I don't even yes. have a guess as to what those fucking guys are doing. <laughs> no one knows. Manhattan Project 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That tickle you, didn't it? I love it. Uh, there is the Ordo Maledictum, which, like Ordo Aegis, is just there to look after shit to do with like the Cicatrix Maledictum. You know, the big tear in the galaxy. It's essentially the same thing. They just keep an eye on that and make sure no one's, like, not watching their part or anything like yeah. that. Uh, there's the Ordo Scriptus. They oversee historical documents. Uh, they do a pretty terrible job of it. I'll tell you that now. Uh, there's the Ordo Astra. They are astronomers. Mm. <laughs> pretty, pretty dull one compared to the rest, I'll be honest. Really? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, oh, we're just scientists with telescopes, man. You're like, all right, have fun, Dave. <laughs> Why do you carry supreme power from the god emperor? Remind me. <laughs> Stars, pretty. <What>? Yeah. <laughs> That's the gist, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There is the Ordo Originatus. Their entire job is to try and figure out the history of the other Ordos. Because no one can remember how the orders were all made or founded or anything, or why. So this order was made to try and figure it out, try and piece their history back together. That's just sheer curiosity, that one. That's all that is. Like, there's no benefit to that. Nope. I mean, maybe if they were like, maybe we aren't doing what we're supposed to be doing and we all forgot. Maybe that's why. <laughs> But in case they need to, like, call themselves heretics because they forgot what they were supposed to do. Uh, my personal favourite is the Ordo Redactus. Their job is to hide history. They literally burn books and stuff, delete, like, archives of data so that history isn't a thing. Because, well, uh, they do it specifically yeah. to any parts that they deem harmful to the Imperium. So yeah. the Horus Heresy is, like, long forgotten and all information about it has been deleted. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, the void time, you know, where the stuff that happened is, is not good for the general public to know. You know? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. There, there, there will always be somebody who knows it, the higher-ups, but they're trying to keep it under wraps. That's it. Uh, so yeah. It's these guys' job to keep it under wraps, basically. Like, yeah. if you're, like, an archaeologist and you find some ancient books that tell you about something that happened at this point, these dudes kick down your door, burn down like your library, and like delete you from history along with the books you found. Yes. Standard. That's an important job, uh, by the way. 
do you remember me telling you about when Gilliman came back? Uh, and there's a whole thing where he like looks at like five different calendars that are all currently yes, yes, being used. Like, what the hell is this shit? Yeah, what fucking year is it? Yeah, no wonder we don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, <laughs> part of that scene is he sets up an order called the Historitors, whose job mm-hmm. it is to go around and gather up information to try and piece together an accurate history of the last ten thousand years. Because he cannot tell what has happened since he's been gone. Yeah. Yeah. So the Ordo Redactus are are the reason he has to do that. <sighs> yeah. So these are the kind of things that the minor Ordos are in place to control, right? They're basically like a failsafe, a checking system, right? Again, internal affairs. They just make sure other people are doing their fucking jobs properly and stuff like that. Or they oversee one very specific area of things, like deleting history. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what the minor ones are all about. The major ones are a bit more colourful and interesting. So we are going to start with the Ordo Malleus. So this is the threat from beyond. Okay. So the Ordo Malleus... Or, as it translates in English, is the Order of the Hammer. Uh, they are specific, or specifically specialists in fighting chaos. So, I'll show you one of the Malleus Inquisitors. Bruh. Yeah, armored <laughs> to the tits. As per usual. I mean, it's yeah. Warhammer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, their entire purpose is hunting demons and those that worship chaos and, the you know, and to root out corruption within the populace. That's the idea. So if there's, like, a demonic cult or a chaos cult, these guys kick down the door and burn them to death. Stuff like that. Yeah. If there are demons, these guys rock up and kick some demon ass. Stuff like that. That's the gist. Yeah. As you can imagine, this means that they have to, like, that you're prepared... To battle all kinds of like warp entities and like dealing with a fair amount of sorcery and witches and stuff. And if you're not a psyker, that takes some pretty incredible willpower. So the will of the Inquisitors, the Ordo Malleus, is basically unmatched in the Imperium. Like these normal humans that go around hunting demons will have a better chance of it than a lot of Space Marines. Just just because they specialize in it. They are trained specifically to withstand the issues that demons cause. That's kind of crazy to think about, actually. It is, yeah. This guy can probably kill a demon better than most space marines. Yeah. That's not an easy feat, by the way. It's it not. But it does it does prove the point of specializing. Because you got to remember, space marines are meant to be like a cookie-cutter template that you can, like pump out thousands of them really quickly. So, like, they're not specialized. They are made to kill anything that bleeds, just as long as they can shoot it with a big enough gun. But that doesn't really work on demons very well. So, once in a while, you got to call up this guy with his magical book and, you know, fancy holy gun and blast it to pieces and then say a short prayer over its corpse. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's whatever the situation calls for. Yeah. We've got holy water couple of explosive rounds through the face, you know. Typical exorcism stuff. The standard stuff. Standard. <laughs> it's standard for 40k. 
I mean, it really is. It really is, yeah. It could not be more standard. <sighs> yeah. So this is possibly the oldest of the major orders, because it the idea is this order was formed back during the heresy. Uh, it was formed at the at the order of the emperor before he was interred on the golden throne, because yeah. obviously by the end of the heresy there were demons running amok alongside the chaos legions. Yeah. So they were now an active and pretty persistent threat, and humanity needed to deal with that. So the Ordo Malleus was founded. Uh, but also their chamber militant, their standing army that is attached to them, was also founded around this exact same time with the same decree from the Emperor. Uh, yeah. Do you want to guess who their order militant is? Or who their chamber militant is? What army belongs specifically to them? Think specialized demon hunters. Specialized demon hunters. Oh, we could sit here for a while. It's but the I... Grey Knights. Ah, oh, the Space that, that Marine. Didn't... Yeah, it's the Space Marine chapter, the Grey Knights, who are specifically trained and built purely to kill demons. This is uh, some of their handiwork. Can we just talk about the artwork, though? I know, it's pretty incredible, isn't it? Uh, is I'll it show you... Art or just official? This is official. Oh, okay, that, yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, so this is what Grey Knights typically look like. Their armor is pretty... Uh, it's weird, right? It looks both kind of bland and incredibly complicated compared to most Space Marines. But, uh, yeah, it's a weird middle ground. But I mean, they are... From... Yep. No, it's just from Warhammer standards, that's kind of underwhelming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but they are specifically designed and trained and equipped to kill demons. Malkador the Sigilite himself set these guys up. The legend himself. The legend himself. <laughs> he, he was the one that started this off. And they are all trained specifically for the purpose of murdering demons. A bunch of these guys oh. banished Demon Angron during the War of Armageddon. Like, this is yeah. their whole thing. If there are demons, these guys rock up and kick ass. Alright, sounds good. Also, they're kind of like... like the, the Seal of Quality. What, what, is it? what is it called? Uh, <laughs> the Seal of Approval? Seal of Approval from Melkador himself. That's it, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They are kind of like the Men in Black because they are like the secretest secret of secrets. So they like, they'll either kill you or wipe your memory if you see them. I was about to say, can they wipe your memory? <laughs> yeah, they can and they do a lot. Oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> it is a very common thing. But they will also just kill you if they feel they have to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you see these guys, you will rapidly forget you have seen them. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. Also, interestingly, they are considered a chapter of Space Marines rather than a legion, because there was only like a thousand of them. Because again, they were made at the end of the heresy, so they didn't have like a lot of time to make a whole legion of the fuckers. So there is only about a thousand of them at any given time. And uh, their chapter number is 666. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I found quite funny. Coincidence? I think not, right? Well, they were the first chapter ever made, so yeah. 
<laughs> Someone was just having a laugh. Yeah. So, as I said, these guys are the chamber militant for the Ordo Malleus. So, say there is some mass demon incursion, rather than an Ordo Malleus Inquisitor, like, you know, requisitioning a ship full of, like, normal guardsmen that happens to be nearby, which would be basically useless, because all they'll do is get eaten by demons. Um, what they can do is they can call upon the Grey Knights, who are the military force directly attached to their arm of the Inquisition, and call them in to help kick ass. Which is quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. But beyond all of that, there are a couple of special rules just for the Ordo Malleus. So yeah. the first is they also happen to have the responsibility of hunting other Inquisitors who have turned to chaos. So if you are an Inquisitor and you are, you know, deemed to have turned, have became too radical or anything like that, it's the Ordo Malleus has to hunt you down and put a bolt in your skull. That's a bad thing. Yeah, don't become evil if you're an Inquisitor, because just other better Inquisitors will come after you. That's the gist. Yeah. Uh, and the second rule is that technically, the Ordo Malleus has power to rule over the High Lords of Terra. There is a thing called the Malleus Remit, which is basically just like a additional law that was added in, which states that in a situation that is dire enough of a demonic threat, so if there's a big enough demonic threat to the Imperium, the Ordo Malleus can like take command of the entire Imperium from the High Lords to deal with a threat. Okay. Yeah, That's so big. Yeah, it's it's a uh... Oh, uh, what's the terror? Is it like martial law or something like that, where like the military can take governmental control? The, the, there is a so. yeah. So like, say you've got a bunch of different like department heads in government all arguing for days on end about how to handle a crisis, which needs to be handled, you know, days ago. Mm -hmm. This one group can be like, no, fuck all of you. I'm in charge now. This is what we're gonna do. And they can just take command and sort the situation out. And then obviously, yeah. once the situation is dealt with and it's back to normal, control reverts back to the government. <laughs> but Of course. Yeah. So it's a specialized group that can take control in when it needs. Exactly. And I can imagine it's, it happens very, very, very rarely. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only time I can think of that whenever it even came close to coming up is when Cadia fell, because... There was a brief period where there were demons all over Terra. Yeah. 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 Luckily, there was yeah. like custodians <laughs> piling out of the palace, murdering them all, and Sisters of Silence rocked up to kick ass, and then Gilliman turned up. So, like, we managed. But I think that was like the only time I can think of that it would have came up that they could have used that. Because I mean, like. Demons on the home world is about as big a threat from demons as you get. Yeah. Like the the next one up is a demon sitting on the emperor's lap. <laughs> like I think by that point it's a bit beyond the high lords anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so the next of the major ordos is the Ordo Xenos. This is the kind of mm -hmm. design you get for the Ordo Xenos Inquisitors. The alien bitches. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, that like you said, this is the arm. This is the arm of the Inquisition dedicated to combating the threat of aliens. Okay, so. Yeah. It is said that they were formed in the aftermath of the War of the Beast. So, around the year 546 of the 32nd millennium. Uh, this is obviously to prevent a massive orc army turning up on the Emperor's doorstep again. Uh, <laughs> that was the general concept. Let's just get some people to take care of this before it happens again. Because it didn't go well the first time. We needed a Primarch to come back from the dead and we almost lost an entire legion of space marines. <laughs> so, let's not do that again. Let's hire some professionals. And that's how we got these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, in a kind of more overall sense, their job is to investigate, catalogue, and eliminate Xenos. Uh, mm -hmm. As and when they are a threat to the Imperium. So... In my eyes, personally, these guys do a bit less detective work than the other two major branches, but they, they do a bit more kind of field research instead. Because a lot yeah. of their work is like studying Xenos and stuff like that. But there isn't a lot of like area in which you would be doing detective work to root out Xenos, because they can't exactly like hide among humanity very easily. You know what I mean? You've, e you've either got a an Eldar or an Orc or you don't, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you don't exactly need to solve that puzzle. It's either, like, three foot tall than a normal human, and green and giant and can't speak properly, or it's not. It's so, kind of... They're just ground groundwork operation, you know? You, they have to be there. Yeah. Ah. When they need, yeah. Uh, so, a lot of their work is, like, it's quite black and white, right? You're either studying Xenos to decide if they are a threat or not a threat, and if they are, you are annihilating them. And that's it. Yeah. Right? It's pretty pretty black and white with these guys, to be honest with you. There are some areas, that, like some situations, where they would do some detective work, and it's situations where, like, you could have, like, you know, a criminal organization trading in Xenos tech. That would be the jurisdiction of these guys, because it relates to Xenos stuff. Or you could yeah. have humans that were harboring Xenos. Those humans are then criminals, which these guys would be able to deal with. Yeah. Right? That so there are some situations where there's some detective work, but it's less than the other ones, I believe. For the record though, they are not against using Xenos technology, but they will kill anyone else that does. Okay. So, so if me or you, like, were trying to, like, protect our house with, like, a shuriken pistol we found in a dead Eldar, we'd get yeah. burned. But this guy can have a shuriken pistol on his belt if he wants, because it's He's really good at killing Xenos. He's just selfish, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. It's one of those fight fire with fire situations. Yeah. You know, yeah. their guns are really good at killing us, but they're also really good at killing them. Yes. So, uh, yeah, th these guys are known to employ Xenos tech to hunt Xenos, which is quite cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, their chamber militant is one that we've basically not looked at at all. 
uh, their chamber militant is the Death Watch, which I think I've mentioned, but that's about it. So, because I haven't really mentioned it, I'm going to like give you a little explanation of what the Death Watch actually is. Uh, I'll show you, though. This is a Death Watch, oh. Marine. That's badass. Yeah. So it's not like the other kind of Space Marine chapters or the Grey Knights or anything like that, right? They're closer to the Grey Knights than anything else, but they're not quite the same. So the Death Watch are obviously an elite army of Space Marines dedicated and trained specifically to kill Xenos, right? And it yeah. can be Eldar, it can be Necrons, it can be Terranids, it can be a race you've never even heard of, right? can be anything right the inquisitor just points them at it and they go kill it that's the rules yes uh <laughs> but they are made up of conscripts from space marine chapters so you can either join forcibly or forcefully or uh, optionally right so you can be requested to join the death watch and you can then agree and you go and join them for a while or, if you fuck up really badly, as a punishment for your fuck up, you can be relegated to the Death Watch from your chapter. They'll just kick you out and send you to the Death Watch. It's like getting sent to the wall in Game of Thrones. I've not seen that, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah Similar I'm, I'm concept. Go, go guard the big ice wall because you're a criminal. Or you can volunteer to go guard the big ice wall. Those are your choices. Similar no, thing. Go hunt the aliens, or die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you can just be asked if you want to, and you can be like, sure, something's a laugh, and you can just rock up. But because it is made up of, like, you know, a random troop from every chapter and stuff in each squad, uh, they wanted, like, a sense of uh, familiarity. You didn't want, like, the whole point is you are now in the Death Watch. You are not in your chapter anymore. You are not a son of Sanguinius, you are not a son of Ross, none of that. You are Death Watch now. Deal with it. So they repaint their armor to black. The only thing they get to keep otherwise is one of their shoulder guards stays the original color with the original marking on it, and that's yeah. it. Everything else gets repainted black. So you all look basically the same in your squad, even though you're all from like totally different origins. It's quite cool. So, if there is a major Xenos uprising anywhere, or a major Xenos threat, these are the guys that the Ordo Xenos Inquisitors can call upon to kick some alien ass. Yeah. That's the idea. Which is quite cool. I, I do like the concept of the Death Watch. It's quite a, quite a cool little bit. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, interesting detail about about the ordo xenos which is is quite cool i don't i'm not a big fan of the ordo xenos it's not my favorite of the ordos but this is quite a cool detail uh so again things are quite black and white with these guys you either kill the thing or you don't uh but xenos uprisings or xenos threats are uh usually either like Five people can handle it because it's like one Xenos on a random planet, or it's like an entire army of them, and there's basically nothing you could do about it, so you just nuke them into oblivion. Oh, God. Yeah, because I forgot to mention earlier, uh, Inquisitors are uh, permitted to enact uh, Exterminatus, 
they can wipe a planet out of the galaxy with only their say-so. They don't need, like, a vote. They don't need anyone else's permission. They can just go get rid of that one. There's too many space bugs. There's too many heretics. There's too many cultists. And they just wipe it out from space. That's it. Gone. That's that's a lot of power. Yeah. Uh, and the Ordo Xenos, because typically the threats they face are either incredibly minor or incredibly large, they are pretty liberal with the Exterminatus missiles. So... <laughs> They have the highest, like, kill count of all the Ordos by a great margin. Mm -hmm. Some of those kills are allies. A great amount of them are allies. Just like innocent civilians that happen to be on a planet covered in orcs. But still. It's a sacrifice that had to be made. As far as they're concerned, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on who you ask, Ian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're on to the last one. The Ordo Hereticus. Mm -hmm. Or, as if you look at her here, uh, you might uh, you might get the nickname they have, which is the Witch Hunters. Yeah. <laughs> These are the guys that come kicking down your door because they've decided you're like a heretic and burn you at the stake. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so these guys deal with, like, threats from within the Imperium. So, you know, chaotic, uh, chaotic belief and stuff like that. People that are turning to chaos. Corruption and the like. That's these guys' job. So they actually are, like, kicking in a family's door while they're eating dinner and burning the dad because someone overheard him say something that may or may not have been heresy-ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... They are colloquially known as the Witch Hunters, which, to be fair, they dress like Witch Hunters from the Salem Witch Trials. Like, yeah. they even have the buckle hat. Like, <laughs> they do. <laughs> I mean, it's the completed outfit. It's fine. Ah, it's a cool outfit. Like, these, this is, like, my favourite design of Inquisitor. These are my favourite ones, I think. But, oh. like, they do look weird. <laughs> but I, I like it, though. Uh, right. So, these guys don't... They don't deal with just heretics. It's not just chaos that they deal with. Uh, they also deal with, like, mutants or rogue psychers. And they also overlook the ecclesiarchy. So if there is, like, one official in the ecclesiarchy who's, like, quite high up and has got a bit of power, and he goes a bit power mad, or his beliefs start to get a bit too radical, uh, these guys go and, you know, bolter him. Give him the gold Van Dyer treatment. <laughs> Yes. Uh, any guess when they were founded? Hmm. Yeah, after Horus Heresy. It was after Ghost Vandire. Oh, after Ghost Vandire. Oh, I know why. I'm so tired. <laughs> I just thought, you know, with the, the whole heresy thing, you know. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Probably uh, would be Horus. But yeah, you know. Yeah, no. Uh, these guys were, were put in place because of the whole Gauche Van Dyer thing and the Ecclesiarchy not being trustworthy. So these guys are there to, like, make sure the Ecclesiarchy doesn't start shit again and try to take over. Like, no more coups. Any more coup business, you get shot in the head. <laughs> it's the whole point of these guys, to shoot priests in the head. Which, to be fair, they do a good job of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are they experts? They, they are. They're good at shooting priests in the head. I'll tell you that much. 
So yeah, if anyone tried to go a bit too, you know, Van Diary nowadays, these guys deal with it, which is good. Uh, yeah. So interestingly, their chamber militant, their like attached army, is a shared one. Another group has the same one. Yeah. Uh, their chamber militant are the Sisters of Battle, the warrior nuns we love. Hey, the bad nuns, let's go. Yeah. So that is these people's chamber militant. But as you may remember, because of the whole Gauge Van Dyer thing, the ecclesiarchy isn't allowed to have men at arms anymore. They're not allowed to have soldiers. Mm-hmm. But because in the the like the edict, the law that was written down that stopped them having soldiers, it was literally written as men at arms. They have the Sisters of Battle as their standing military because they are not men. Yes. Yeah. So the uh, the Ecclesiarchy has the same standing military as the group that oversees the Ecclesiarchy, which is quite fun. But there's like an order of hierarchy to it where... Uh, the Ordo Hereticus obviously is higher than the Ecclesiarchy when it comes to giving orders to this military branch. So if the Ecclesiarchy orders like say some random Ecclesiarchy priest that's quite high up gives an order for a bunch of the Battle Sisters to go like, you know, wipe out a city or something like that, go clear it a populace, but that guy's just went kind of nuts. One of these Inquisitors can rock up reorder the battle sisters because they are technically higher in the order of like you know military command and like make them stop killing innocent people and go kill the priest instead Mm. so part of like the checks that are in place to keep the ecclesiarchy in line is that at any given time their military can be entirely taken away from them and turned against them by one inquisitor (laughs) Which is quite cool. <laughs> it's a really good way to do it, actually. Like, when you first hear it, like, wait, they share the same military. Is that not, like, a conflict of interest? You're like, it is, but in a good way, not a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Works out. Yeah, aye. Which is quite good. Uh... <coughs> so, as an interesting detail for the Ordo Hereticus... Uh, one of the things that they do is that they provide ship crews to the Grey Knights because the Ordo Hereticus is really good at, like, cycle conditioning. They can, like, brainwash you into having, you know, certain traits. And primarily, they use it to give their Inquisitors and stuff and their soldiers and stuff resilience against corruption. So you'll never corrupt an Inquisitor of the Ordo Hereticus. It's basically never going to happen because they are so heavily conditioned to, like, their kind of view of the world that nothing will turn them against that. Yeah. but like because it's set in stone. That's it. Right. There, there is nothing outside of that. Anything outside of that is heresy. Simple as. And anything that's heresy is the evilest thing that's ever existed and it must be eliminated. And because that's such a black and white view within their, like, conditioning it's very hard to turn one of them against their beliefs. So these yeah. guys are, like, basically guaranteed to never fault the corruption. 
which is why they are so good at being in charge of overseeing the ecclesiarchy and stuff and rooting yeah. out chaos corruption and cults and stuff. Uh, it also helps with psychers because psychers have a habit of trying to warp your mind and it's very hard to do that with these guys as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but because their order is so good at like this, you know, conditioning stuff to like, you know, add in metal stuff to fuel, uh, they provide crews for ships to the Grey Knights who every member of the crew has like conditioning put into them so that at an order, their mind is blanked. Okay. <laughs> so that the Grey Knights can just delete the memories of their crews at any given moment for the sake of keeping secrets. They are very liberal with the memory wiping, I'll be honest. I, I'm getting deja vu now. I think we've talked about that before. But we actually just referenced the Men in Black. Yeah. Back in season one or two. Yeah, I'm sure we did mention I'm that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It just, it just, I, I think I've heard that exact sentence before. I'm sorry. I just got... Oh, it might, might just be deja vu. It might be. So, what do you think of the Inquisition? This is the kind of the general purview of the Inquisition. Very, very, very overpowered. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> both in power and in responsibility and in, well, power again in what they can do. Not just yeah. that they're powerful, but what they can actually do. They, like you say, uh, just a step below the main man himself. How's that? Uh, yeah, kind of cool. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I don't really know what to say. Uh, <laughs> if I had to pick a team, I would probably take... Uh, you know, I'll take the Sinos because I knew <laughs> who they were. <laughs> you know what? That's also like the no messing, also like the no messing around, you know? You point, you did. That's it. Uh, yeah. yeah. If it's green, I kill it. That's the rules. Yep. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. When, it comes to, when it comes to looking at the Inquisition, we'll start with some Ordo Zenos guys for you. How's that sound? Sounds good. Good. Would you like to round us out for today? Uh, yes, sir. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Iterators of the Imperium Podcast. It's been me, Miss, and Ryan, and we will see you next time. Take care and peace. Bye.